Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's so good to see you today. And moms, happy Mother's Day to all of you that are moms here today. Guys, happy Mother's Day to you as well. I've received, a, I've given a few of those, right? Well, today I want you to know that it is Mother's Day and we are excited uh, uh, that all of you are here. And I knew that a lot of you would be here today, so I wanted to invite someone to speak uh, to you at another level, uh, a level higher than me. And so I, I searched and, uh, you know, I've got this great speaker that I've contacted. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you what, this person, I've, you're going to love them because I'm telling you, I love them more than anybody in the whole world. And so this morning, I'd like to introduce you the best person that I know, the person I respect more than anybody else in this whole world is my wife, Rhonda Dawes. Come on, let's give it up for her. Thank you. Thank you. Now I got to live up to that, huh? So glad that you are here with us today. I got to show you a picture. These are the, my two kiddos. These are the people that call me mom. This is Tyler and Caitlin. They are just awesome. Tyler's 25 and Caitlin will be 21 tomorrow, everybody. Oh my goodness. I know it. I'm getting so old, but those are my kids. So happy Mother's Day to everyone. I just want to say that right up front. Hey, listen, I know that Mother's Day can be sad for some of us. And uh, so I just want you to know that I realized that. And I also realize in this room that not everybody is a mom. So today we have something for everyone because this is my prayer each and every week is that we not only come in this building and we're stirred by his Holy Spirit, but we leave changed. So that's my prayer today and every week that we're not just stirred, but we're changed. And I believe that we can do that today because we're going to continue with our series, The Power to Change Your Life. And uh, it's going to be something for everyone. But first of all, I do want to speak to our moms. Moms, have you ever said this or thought this about your children? You are going to make me lose my mind. How many of you guys? Yes, I've said that several times probably. Well, guess what? I found something to prove that we actually have lost our minds, Mom. A research team at the University of Barcelona did a study on 25 couples. This is what they did. They scanned the couple's brains before the pre uh, pregnancy and then after the mother gave birth, they scanned both of their brains. Researchers found that in new moms, they experienced gray matter reduction in the la and that last at least two years after birth. So moms, we did lose a little bit of our gray matter and we lost our brains. Oh no. Just wanted to let it's confirmed. This, however, is not necessarily a bad thing. It occurs in the region of the brain that's it's also called the um, 
theory of the mind area in the region of the brain. And this helps us to think about what's going on in someone else's mind. Get that? It helps us to connect. It's not entirely clear why women lose gray matter during pregnancy. It may be because their brains are becoming more specialized in ways that will help them to adapt to motherhood and respond to the needs of their babies. How awesome is that, Mom? So I'm, pre I'm glad I lost my mind for my little babies for at least two years. Amen? Now, if you're wondering what happened to the dads, the father's brains, it says gray matter loss was not seen in new fathers. They didn't lose a thing. It's just us moms. Awesome. We have that special connection. It's just wonderful how God created us, right? That he just reshapes our brains and just helps us to know what that little baby needs. So like I said, we are going to continue with our series, um, The Power to Change Your Life. And this is the title that I picked out of all the fruit of the Spirit. I picked patience. So today our title is How to Become a More Patient Person. And now that I've been studying this, I'm not sure that this was the right one to choose, but it's the one that I have to give. So I want to tell you, today I'm going to might say you a lot, but I mean us, okay? I mean, I'm in this with you. I do not have this all together. So I'm right in the boat with you. But we all need patience every day and everywhere. Proverbs 16 and 32 says this. It is better to be patient than powerful. It is better to win control over yourself than whole cities. Now, I have had people come up to me before and say, Rhonda, would you please pray that God would give me more patience? First thing, I, want, I was like that too. I wanted to say, no way am I going to pray for you to have patience. I felt sort of like this uh, Peanuts cartoon strip in Lucy. Look, we see Lucy. She's down on her knees praying. Then the next frame, we see Lucy. She gets up from her prayer. Then Lucy goes into the kitchen, and this is what she says. I was praying for great patience and understanding, but I quit. Next frame, I was afraid I might get it. I've been like that. I've been scared to pray for patience because I'm afraid I might get it. But listen, God wants us to pray for patience. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit, um, fruit of the Spirit, the, one of the attributes. He wants it to grow in us so we can't be scared. So today I'm going to help you overcome that fear, and I'm going to try to help you along because now we are going to take a patience test. Are you ready? Ready for your test? Yes, here we go. The first thing on the patient's test is how do you handle interruptions? Now, interruptions is things that happen when you have your plan going, everything that you, you have your plan going, and all of a sudden you have some kind of disturbance comes in and just knocks you off your plan. Like, for example, you sit down for dinner and the phone rings, and it can't be just a quick little, how are you doing? Okay, bye. No, it has to be a long, drawn-out conversation that this person wants to have or you're at work and you're trying to meet a deadline but then you have all these guests coming in disrupting your plans or for you new moms it was my plan every night to get a full night's sleep right I want to sleep all night but that was not the plans that my little Tyler had for me when he came he not only messed up my plans for the first month to sleep all night, not for two months, three months. Let's keep going. Four years, that child. Four years, that child woke me up every night. 
And nobody believes that, but my, my immediate family, they believe me. Four years, we had to get up and take them back to his little bedroom and lay him down and get him to sleep again. But how do you handle interruptions? I don't know about you, moms, but sometimes you had enough. It's like, you got to go to your room. I've had enough. How do you handle interruptions? Number two, inconveniences. These are delays that happen in our life. Now, this is hard for Americans because we hate delays. In America, we are the noun generation. We're going to do a little test. I'm going to count to five, and I want you to grab that smartphone, and I want you to raise it up. I bet before I get to five, everybody can have it in the air. You ready? One, two, three, four, five. Look at that. Half the room had it. You know, we're the now generation. We can, we can ask our little smartphone anything, and Siri will tell us anything. We can say, Siri, where's the nearest restaurant? She'll say, Rhonda, I have ten of them that is close to you. That's a little scary, too, though, isn't it? Because she knows exactly where I am all the time. But we're the now generation. We hate to wait. We have a phone that can just tell us anything we want to know at any moment. So uh, it's hard for us when delays come. All right, you ready for the next one? It is irritations. Those little things that just bug you. Here's some irritations. Traffic jams, that bugs me. Long lines, misplaced keys, occupied bathrooms. That's a little irritating. And when your husband slurps cold drinks. Why do you slurp a cold drink? It's cold. You slurp, you know, when you have something hot, you know, like coffee, it's okay, but cold stuff. Or when your husband takes a bite of that chip and it goes crunch in the whole room. It's just those little things that gets on your nerves, these irritations, those little things. And you don't have a control over those. You just have to learn to cope with those, right? Now, the fourth thing on our patience test is inactivity. This is waiting. I have a hard, this is probably the hardest one for me, is waiting. I read this, and it just made me sad. You will spend six months of your life at red lights waiting for them to turn green. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to spend six months of my life doing that. Pastor Chris told me this week that he heard, uh, read another one that says, you will spend one year of your life picking out the clothes you're going to wear. And I got to thinking about that. I was like, for me, that's going to be two years. Because if you're like me, you pick out the first thing, you're like, nah, 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 I'm not going to wear that. I'll go back and get something else. But I hate waiting. Now, i got to tell you a little story to go along with this. Uh, when my daughter was in second grade, she was diagnosed with ADD, Attention at Def Deficit Disorder. And so you go into the pediatrician, and she said, well, this was probably passed down to her from one of you guys. So I just looked at Jeff and said, he passed this down to our child, right? <laughs> Look what, here's what he did. And um, so anyway, I just thought that forever, right? It was a good thing, I thought. So a couple of years ago, Jeff was reading a book on attention and deficit disorder. And in the back of the book, it had a test you could take to see if you had attention and deficit disorder. You know where I'm going, don't you? I started taking the test. He, wanted, he called me and says, Ron, I want you to come in and take this test. So I said, okay, no problem. I got this. I can pass this one, right? I started taking it, and I realized by just the way the questions were going, what was happening. And I had at that moment, I could either lie about the answers 
and just keep all, you know, on his side, or I could do the tr- tell the truth. So I filled it out, and I was truthful, and I scored higher than Jeff. <laughs> In all these years, you know. Oh, but anyway, but I hate waiting, and it's true. My mind is constantly going. I don't know if you guys are like that. I'm always thinking about the next thing, what I need to do. And um, so anyway, it's hard for me to wait. It's hard for me to slow down. So when I was thinking about this patience test, it made me think of a book that you've probably read to your kids or you've heard or you've watched the movie not too long ago. And it's called Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. How many of you guys have ever read that book to, or, or uh, had it read, read to you or read it to your children? Oh, my goodness. When I think about all these interruptions, inconveniences. It makes me feel like, Alexander, I've had that very horrible, terrible whatever day it was. But I like what mom said on the last page of the book. It says, mom said, some days are like that. <laughs> People, some days are just going to be like that, and we got to exercise just a little extra patience. So how do we do that? How do we become a more patient person? Glad you asked. Let's go to number one. Develop a new perspective. To become a more patient person, the first thing we've got to do is develop a new perspective. Patience begins by changing the way you look at something. When I'm impatient, I have a limited perspective. Things are all about me, my desires, what I want, what my goals are, what my schedule is, and how you are messing that up when I'm being impatient. But look, let's go to the next uh, uh, thing on the screen. The root of impatience is selfishness. Mm, It's all about me when I'm being impatient with someone. So would you guys like to know the secret to success is, what that is? If you want to be a successful husband, or wife, you've got to see life from your spouse's point of view. You've got to learn to do that. If you want to be a better business person here today, you've got to start seeing things from your client's point of view. An employer, you've got to see it from your employee's point of view. If you want to be a better mother or father, you've got to see things from your child's point of view to get to have more patience. I'm going to take it a step farther. You ready? Proverbs 19 and 11 says... A man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. Now, on the screen, I have something that I want to show you. Look at this. Wisdom is seeing life from God's point of view. Wow, that blows my mind. Wisdom is seeing life from God's point of view. So we could go back to that verse and we can say, when I see life from God's point of view, he gives me patience. I will have more patience. So when I start trying to see life from God's point of view, here are some things that I realize. One thing I realize is that I'm only human and I'm not perfect. And in this life, things are going to be out of my control. That's the first thing I see when I look at life from God's perspective. Another thing I see is nobody else is perfect either. And so I don't need to get overly upset when someone else messes up, right? 
because I realize first that I'm not perfect and I want people to have grace when I mess up so I must show that grace to others when they mess up because nobody's perfect. Nobody in this room is perfect. We're all a work in progress. And another thing I realize when I see life from God's point of view is God is in control of everything. God is in control of everything. This patience test that we just went through, God is con in control of all the interruptions, inconveniences, irritations, inactivities. He uses all of these to accomplish his purpose in me. God is in control. We used to, uh, when Jeff and I were in our youth group, back in our home church many, many, many years ago, we had this youth worker that uh, in our group, she would help out. She would go on the trips with us and stuff. And anything, something would happen that was unexpected. She would say, it happened for a purpose. It could be good or bad. It happened for a purpose. The bus broke down on our trip. And she said, it happened for a purpose. And you know what? After a while, it's like she just would pop up, say it, and like disappear. We was like, what happened? What just happened there? But she would say this over and over. And then, um, this is sad, but we started making fun of her because she would do it so often. So we guys in the youth group would start saying, it happened for anything, something out of the way would happen. It happened for a purpose. It happens for a purpose. But I realize now that there's a lot of truth to that, what she was saying. A lot of things did happen for God's purpose. Proverbs 20 and 24 says, A man's steps are directed by the Lord. So those delays, I'm not saying all those delays, but some of those delays maybe are divine delays. Some of those interruptions may be heavenly interruptions so God's purpose can be worked in our lives. All through the Bible, listen to this, God equates patience with maturity. Proverbs 14 and 29 says, a patient man has great understanding, but, is, but a quick-tempered man displays folly. Patience is a mark of maturity. Maturity involves us waiting, the ability to wait and to live with delayed gratification. Now, as a mom here today, I want to be mature. I want to be the mature one. I want to try to see life from my kids' point of view. And more than that, I want to see the life for my kids through God's point of view. And that takes maturity. That takes a lot of patience. Because, you see, I've realized that it was my desire to have kids. I knew one thing when I was young, that I wanted to be a mom. That's one thing I knew for sure that I wanted to be. And I'm so glad that God gave me two beautiful kids. But as they have grown up, I have realized that they were not put on this earth for my purpose. Guess what? They are his creation. They've been put on this earth for his purpose. And I'm just an agent in place that God chose to use to have them come through our home because he believed that we had something Jeff and I could teach them that would help him with his purpose in their life. And that helps, when I understand that, it helps me have patience. When I see things that are troubling and maybe I don't agree with all the time, I have patience because I know that God's doing a great work in their life. And it reminds me of the story of Hannah in the Bible. Hannah prayed for a baby 
And God didn't give her the baby right away. She had to pray, and she sought the Lord. And finally, God gave her that child. But Hannah realized that this child wasn't given for her purpose. This child was given to fulfill God's purpose. Hannah dedicated the baby Samuel back to the Lord. And Samuel grew up and became a great prophet of God and a great prophet for the country of Israel. So when I have patience in your circumstance, what's going on in your life? We need to have patience, and we need to try to see it from someone else's point, from the, the problem. Look at it from the other side of the story, and it helps us to have patience. Amen? Amen. Number two, how to become a more patient person. Number two, acquire a sense of humor. You ready to laugh? We need to. Learn to laugh at your circumstances. Learn to laugh at yourself. You remember I just talked about that we mess up and we make mistakes? Listen, we've got to learn to laugh at ourselves sometimes. And listen, in my house, you have to learn how to laugh. Because remember, I live with the lead pastor that was just out here. That's all the time. Listen, you know those jokes that he brings each and every week? Up here? You, you know what I'm talking about. He, he tells them to me first. And I try. I try, guys. I try to tell him, that's not good. <laughs> I really try to tell him that. And you, you really shouldn't say that. It's, it's not good. But he does it anyway. And you're so gracious every week. You just laugh and laugh at him. <laughs> Whatever he says. You, he's working on one right now. He heard it. While he was, had a trip. He went down to Tampa. And he heard this joke. And he came out. He's been telling everybody this joke. Everybody that will stand still, he says, I heard a good one this week. Let me tell you about this joke. And he told me, and I was like, really? And he says, yeah, I'm going to work that into my sermon. I was like, Jeff, really, you shouldn't. shouldn't do that. But we have to laugh. And I love it that we have a house that we laughed at. My son is so funny. And I just love it that our house, we have so much laughter going on. It's wonderful. Proverbs 14 and 30 says, a relaxed attitude lengthens a man's life. A relaxed attitude lengthens a man's life. So I got to thinking about that verse. So I got out my smartphone and I googled that. And I said, do people who laugh live longer? That's what I typed in. And I didn't get an article that it said that exactly people that laugh live longer. But I did find many things that said, if you learn to laugh, it would help you with the things that cause you to die early, like high blood pressure. It helps you with high blood pressure, laughter does. It helps dull pain. It helps alleviate stress and anxiety in your life. And it even helps you to burn substantial calories, not just calories, substantial calories. So this is my new theory. Why run when you can laugh? <laughs> right? Yes, that was worth you coming for today. Yes. <laughs> we we got to learn to laugh. Laugh at these delays and these interruptions. That come. I also did, while I was looking that up, this was very interesting, that comedians live longer than most other celebrities. And it showed a long list. And look, of, of celebrities that were in their 80s and uh, 90s and 100s, and it was a long list, but a few of those were Bob Hope and George Burns were both 100 years old when they passed away. 
Red Skelton was 84. Phyllis Dillard was 95. Now, Betty White, who's still living, is 95, and she's still going. Wow, these people know a secret, don't they? They've learned that laughter is life's shock absorber. I once heard this, if you laugh at your troubles, you'll never run out of anything to laugh about. Ooh, that's a little sad, isn't it? But anyway, and God has a sense of humor. Just think about creation, and don't look at the person beside you. <laughs> but God is funny, but look at the other animals, like a giraffe. It's funny, right? It's got a long neck. It's funny. Anyway, God has a sense of humor. Proverbs 17 and 22 says, Being cheerful keeps you healthy. So let's learn to laugh. It will help us with our patience. Number three is deepen your love. If I want to become a more patient person, I've got to deepen my love. Okay, here we go. 1 Corinthians 13 and 4 says this, Love is patient. It just says, like, love is patient. So that means it's straightforward, it's to the point. If I'm being impatient, I'm not being very loving at all. Ephesians 4 and 2 says this, Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Why should you be patient with others because of your love? So you remember just a few weeks ago, ago Jeff was talking about love the fruit of the spirit and he was talking about the attribute of love and he was saying that love is really not a feeling but it's a choice that I don't have to feel loving toward you to act in love toward you so it's the same thing with patience you know I have to choose to be patient with you even though I don't feel like that at times and it is something a fruit of the spirit that we have to learn to grow in our life, that we have to ask God to help grow in our life. And this is another thing. Have you noticed this? This study is called the, uh, it's the Power to Change Your Life, but it's a study on the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruits with an S of the Spirit. Meaning, it, it's not like many different fruits that you grow. Like you grew, grow the fruit of love, and once you get it done, you can pick it and joy, and, and then there's patience and peace. You don't grow them individually. It's the fruit of the Spirit, meaning they're all woven together. That we're grow, As we grow in love, we're going to grow in patience. As we grow in patience, we're going to grow in peace and joy. And God wants this in us, and he wants us to develop this, and, it's, and we should pray for patience. So who is that person or that situation that is irritating you right now? Who is it that you've got to practice choosing to be patient with and in doing so you're actually acting in love if you want to reduce the stress in your life maybe we should begin to praise God in those circumstances and see what happens and I actually made this a, a next step for us to try this week maybe that person or that situation that's irritating you let's try it this week to praise God not just for the irritation itself but praise God in the situation that's going on. Let's do that. Let's check that on our box, and let's try to praise God in the unexpected circumstances that come my way this week. I hope you will join me, and let's do that. So let's keep going. How to become a more patient person. Number four, depend on the Lord. Patience is not merely 
a matter of human willpower. It is the fruit of the Spirit. Jeff talked about this last week, and I want to do this again. That growing the fruit of the Spirit in your life all begins with a walk with Christ, to become a Christ follower. Each and every week in your bulletin, we put the Christ follower prayer in there. And today I know in a crowd this size that somebody came in the door, and right now you feel that little tug at your heart, and it's, it's our Lord Jesus saying, just ask me into your heart. I want to come in. I want to come into your life, and you can begin that walk with him. So sometimes during the remainder of this service, if you'll just read that prayer, if you'll mean it in your heart, he'll come in. And, I, and trust me, your life will never be the same once you become a Christ follower. The thing that we ask you guys to do is on the back of your connection card, there's a next step that says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower. And we ask you to check that, and the reason is, is because we want to pray for you, and we want to encourage you this week. We always just want to celebrate what God has begun in you because this fruit of the Spirit begins there with a walk with Christ. So I hope that you'll do that. So this is the fruit of the Spirit. This is God's fruit, God's patience. Now look at the next thing on your screen. Patience is a form of faith. Saying, I trust God. I believe that God has his hand and all of these things that's going on in my life, these irritations, these delays, I believe that I am in his hands. This is what we need to start asking. We need to say, why is this happening to me when we're in these difficult situations? Not say, why is this happening to me? But instead, we need to say, what can I learn from this situation? Hebrews chapter 11 is considered the faith chapter in the Bible. And it talks about all the patriarchs of old and all the things that, that they went through. And that one of those things that they had to do was wait. Listen, Noah had to wait 120 years before the rain came. That's a long time to be building a boat, right? 120 years. Abraham had to wait 100 years before he had a son. Moses had to wait 40 years in the wilderness and 40 years in the desert. Everyone in the Old Testament had to wait for the Messiah to come. And the, the disciples had to wait in the upper room for the Holy Spirit to come. The Bible is a book all about waiting. Why? Because waiting demonstrates faith. And faith pleases God. I want you to look at this verse. Hebrews 11 and 6 says this. It is impossible. Everybody say that impossible to please God without faith. Wow, does that grip you like that grips me? It is impossible to please God without faith. That's the reason we should pray for faith. You know, I said in the beginning that sometimes we're afraid, and some of you are like, oh, no, don't pray. That's the reason we should pray for faith. Because faith is a form, I mean, for patience because patience is a form of faith, and faith pleases God. How long can you wait on God? How long can you wait? Because I know this, God is never late. You know, as a mom, I'm, I love my kids so much. They mean so much to me, and I told you how great they are. They're kind. They're loving kids. And I'm so glad that I get to be their mom. But, you know, they're out on their own now, making their own life choices. 
And I want to be that constant reminder for them. I want to be that mom that's just waiting and praying for them because I believe that God has a great purpose for them. That purpose is not, like I said, not to fulfill me, but it's to fulfill what God wants in their lives. I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to pray. I'm willing to have that faith for them. And in your circumstance, what's going on in your life? Are you willing to wait on the Lord? Are you willing to have patience? Are you willing to let it just grow inside of you? How long? How long will you wait for that miracle that you need, for that financial situation to clear up? How long will you depend on Him? Because God is never late. Last thing on your screen says this, patience is trusting God. Say it with me. Patience is trusting God. Come on, everybody, stand up now. We're going to say it again. As you stand, we're going to say it. Patience is trusting God. Let me pray for you. Father, I just love you so much. I thank you, God, for all that you've done in my life, and I thank you for what you've given me. I thank you for everyone that's in this building today, and I pray that something, Father, something from your word would touch their heart, Father, and that we would let patience grow in us because we know that patience is a form of faith, and Father, we know that faith pleases you, and faith can move mountains, God. And Father, whatever's going on in our life, we believe, we believe, We believe that you're going to do it, God, that you're going to make a way, Father, and we're going to give you the praise and the glory for it all. Amen, amen. Come on, let's worship. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net, and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.